2: Fantasy football playoffs begin tonight. Get ready, folks. Get your lineups in. If you're playing anyone on the Rams and New England Patriots, your chase to the championship starts now. I'm Craig Mish along with Joe Pizapia. Two hours of fantasy football discussion here on the show. Andrew Erickson and Joe are going to get you ready for the upcoming week. Of course, we'll do a little fantasy of reality. Talk about wagering. Is the wrong team favorite in an NFL game, of course, coming up this weekend? And Joe, looking forward to the fantasy football playoffs Uh, In about 10 minutes from now, we're going to take a look at my fantasy football playoff matchup for this week. It is one matchup and one matchup only. I think I'm going to be an underdog going into this week, but hopefully I'll be able to pull out a win.
3: Yes, hopefully so. We want to get you championships. That's the goal here, to get everybody championships on the program. And certainly we've got a book. This is a big game to start things off, too. It's got some fantasy implications, not a lot. But certainly Cam Akers, that situation has some fancy implications. Robert Woods, certainly another player to keep an eye on. He's been very steady all year. And uh, who knows what you get out of the two quarterbacks, Jared Goff and Cam Newton in Superflex League. So, look, it's, uh, it's kicking things off literally tonight with a, a very interesting game, to say the least. And, uh, look, we're also getting one of the premium guys back. And I'm fascinated to see how many teams are still alive in the playoffs and actually have Christian McCaffrey to play in the fantasy playoffs. That's a fascinating stat. I would love to
2: see the dad on. Yeah, well, unfortunately, as we begin the show today, uh, Christian McCaffrey may not be around for you this week to play in the fantasy football playoffs. And here are our headlines. As he is now questionable with a quad injury. And, I mean, look, there is part of me that is a conspiracy theorist here that is saying that they just don't want to play him the rest of the season. That was my fear a few weeks ago. There just really isn't a good reason to do it. And we'll have to see this week. I know here is the reason to do it. Fantasy football. Here is the other 99 reasons. There's no reason. (laughs) Carolina is good. But, uh, you know, they're not going to play for the playoffs this year. But I'll be back in on him next year. But. I got to say, I'm a little nervous about him playing, honestly, the rest of the season. So we'll see. Uh, Joe Judge, the head coach of the Giants, optimistic. Daniel Jones will be good for that big Sunday matchup. So they definitely need him, I think, going forward. Interesting matchup for me in that one, too. How about the great people at LSU? Because of all of the issues that they had in the offseason and the the off-the-field stuff, they go out there and say, hey, we're not going to play in a bowl this year. That's going to be part of our uh, self inflicted wound for 2020 of course lsu would never get to play in a bowl this year they're one of the worst teams in the sec so great job basically doing nothing by lsu it's a joke that's going around the internet and a very valid one uh, you know put your bowl ban in for next year too in 2021 then when we can have a real conversation so unfortunately lsu not going to play in a bowl they wouldn't have anyway uh and then finally uh, look not a lot of buzz with the hot stove over the last week and, and, and somehow James McCann has become the hot name. I don't know how this is even possible, but he is uh, talk about him going maybe to the Mets talk about him going to the angels. It seems like those are two teams that a lot of the national insiders seem to be reporting on. So maybe we'll get some clarity here. Not sure how how we got here with James McCann being the main name, nothing against James McCann, but you know, simply put, at least not a game changer for anyone. I don't think, but Uh, We'll see where he ends up. But look, McCaffrey is going to be the big story for a lot of people, Joe, in fantasy. And I suppose there is is a degree of cynicism with me and and skepticism with me too on this. I'm hopeful that he gets to play for someone uh, in the fantasy football playoffs. But uh, as we welcome in our radio audience, I I do have a concern that we won't see him again. I do. I'm a little concerned with that.
3: Yeah, uh, I I think you should be concerned. And uh, look, as far as... You know, Christian McCaffrey goes, the, the big question now is going to be, all right, it was a high ankle sprain. It was a shoulder issue. It was a quad issue. And we're starting to wonder, okay, is this the accumulation of the workload of two enormous fantasy seasons taking its toll on the smaller frame of Christian McCaffrey? Now the frame is jacked. There's nobody almost in better uh, condition in the NFL than Christian McCaffrey. The guy is in phenomenal shape. And And that's a lot of wear and tear in your body too. You know, putting yourself in football shape and then all of the wear and tear you take over a full season of guys hitting you and everything going on, all the practices and whatnot. So look, it's certainly, it was a different off season and one could maybe chalk up some of this to the different preparation and maybe a normal offseason of preparation. Maybe things are a little bit different for Christian McCaffrey, but it certainly puts his number one overall status in question when you can have safer options like Nick Chubb potentially is a safer option. Dalvin Cook potentially is a safer option. And then there's Derrick Henry too. We could throw in that mix also. Who every year, you know, Derrick Henry gives you a a really high floor on a weekly basis and a very high ceiling in some weeks. And I think when you step back, even in PPR leagues and you recognize the productivity and the steadiness of Derrick Henry and the fact that he's out there every week, it's something to really consider. And then on the catching market here, at major league baseball, you know, McCann and real muta aren't the only two guys out there. I saw something today about uh, our boy Yadier Molina, not being too pleased with some of the things going on there with the offer from St. Louis. And he's another guy that could be out there and had too for some teams. So the catching market this offseason is certainly one to keep an eye on and uh, we'll see where these guys all end up when the dust settles, but certainly the Mets need to get a catcher. I think I, I was pretty clear yesterday looking at yeah. uh, Nito and uh, some of the other guys and, and they they barely have two catchers on the 40-man roster. That's not a good thing. So the Mets are going to get a catcher, whether it's a can or not, we'll find out. But certainly uh, the hot stove is still, I would say, not too hot right now, although we did have Lance Lynn and that was a, a fun piece to move, certainly in terms of fancy applications.
2: Yeah, I, I think it'll be just kind of percolating all winter. I don't think you'll see everything at once. At least that's the the gist that I get from this. Okay, so coming up next, it's it's do or die time for me in fantasy football. I have made the playoffs in one league. The uh the league that, you know, honestly I've been playing in for thirty years. So this is the opportunity for me to see if I can get to the next round. It is not gonna be easy. I'm up against the the team that had the most points in the league. I had the second most points. So we'll break it all down for you. We'll get a prediction from Joe next. Don't go away.
1: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
2: All right, welcome back to Fantasy Sports today. Also, the Major League Baseball Rule 5 draft is going on right now. Uh, Angels actually took the one guy that I was curious about here. We'll talk about that tomorrow, see if anything interesting (laughs) happens from there. Rule 5 is... It's only interesting for stupid people like me. So um okay. So let <laughs> well, there's other
3: stupid people there besides you, you that the rule five. There's a lot of fantasy baseball nerds who are out there like me looking for that one or two possible names that might make an impact if they get it an open open opportunity and open shot. So you're not the only one. You're you're not on the nerd island by yourself. There's a few of us holding hands with you.
2: All right, well, I'll, I'll check it out after it's done. For, for us, it's fantasy football time here, so let's focus <laughs> on that. Okay, so here is my team going into week one of the fantasy football playoffs, uh, and, and let's take a nice, good look at the possibility here of me moving on. I'll get Watson At Chicago this week, I have Ezekiel Elliott against Cincinnati. And this is a road game, too. Raheem Mostert against Washington. DK Metcalf of Seattle against the Jets, which does look like a great matchup until you see my opponent, has the quarterback. So that's certainly interesting. CeeDee Lamb, also Dallas against Cincinnati. I have Logan Thomas coming off a monster week. I have Furkser too. I'm definitely going to play Logan Thomas, though. I'm not benching him. Chris mm-hmm. Godwin, provided he plays, will be my flex. I could also put him at wide receiver instead of Lamb. Of course, I don't have other options. Don't even ask me, Joe, if I have other options. I don't have other options. Uh, kicker is Harrison Butker. Kansas City at Miami. And then six weeks ago, as I talked about here on the show, did pick up Seattle. They've been sitting and waiting and waiting and waiting. <laughs> I'm like, I'm getting the playoffs. I'm playing Seattle against the Jets. And so I got a little Metcalf defense stack here. So mm-hmm. it's it's a good team, Joe. I don't think it's, it's a team. great team that I have here. It's not great, though. It is not great. And look, mm-hmm. Mustard is definitely a concern. He has not really been great since he has come back. So if he has a good game, I'm in good shape. I think Metcalf is due after the game that he had last week i think i'm looking probably at 110 115 fantasy points from this team what do you think yeah it sounds about right
3: uh look a couple hinges here they're really interesting because you're going to get this game where deshaun watson and mitchell trubisky are going to face off against each other and i think what you're rooting for in that game for mitchell trubisky to kind of have a chip on his shoulder a little bit and say i'm tired of everybody talking about how everybody could have had deshaun watson here in chicago instead of me So if Trubisky shows up there, that's a good thing because then that kind of pushes the envelope a little bit more with Watson in terms of offense. So I think that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, it's it's really, for me, this team hinges on what Dallas shows up and does. Now, right now, Ezekiel Elliott wasn't practicing yesterday, so they say he's going to play. Maybe it's maintenance. It's late in the season. He's a running back. That's very possible. But between him and CeeDee Lamb, those are two pieces where it's really going to make or break you, in my opinion. Now, the matchup is great on paper against Cincinnati. Even for Dallas, that has a ton of issues and a ton of problems, and I spent all day yesterday complaining about all of them, and all of those complaints are valid. But to me, CeeDee Lamb still has enough upside. So does Ezekiel Elliott. If those guys perform at least to somewhat of their expectations, and I'm talking about maybe somewhere around 15 or so points each, that's good. I think you take that. And then you've got Godwin. And that's a piece to me, too, that's fascinating because he just got the pins out of his fingers, right? So uh, I know they were giving him a couple of days to kind of you know recover from that. The question is, I understand Tom Brady's not Brett Favre in terms of throwing the football with some juice on it. But still, I imagine it's going to be a tender kind of spot. He's had them taped. He's still been able to play with them taped and played very well. If Godwin can have a really good game against Minnesota, if those boys in Dallas can take care of business, I have no concerns about Seattle defense. I have no concerns about DK Metcalf having a smash game. Logan Thomas, I think, is terrific as well. Mostert, you know what you're going to get out of him, although that defensive front for Washington is very good. But do you have any other options? That was my only other question. I'm
4: just kidding. I'm just
2: kidding. I'm just kidding. Me.
3: I just wanted to see how long I could go before I asked you if you had any other options.
2: But look, Yeah, overall, I have uh, – This is a very competitive Zeke, Look, you've got out here. I, I'm protected. If Zeke goes down, I do have Pollard. So okay. I'll be okay so there. you have the Pollard pivot. Uh, okay. Uh, if, if, if something was to happen to Watson before Sunday, I have Taysom Hill. So mm-hmm. – good option. That's another direction that I
3: can go. Hey, look, and and Taysom, especially against the Eagles, you know, not only did Lamar Jackson run amok against the Eagles this year, but let's not forget Daniel Jones run amok against the the Eagles this year too. That was the famous, uh, you know, sniper game where he fell down there. So in terms of running quarterbacks against the Eagles, there's a very aggressive front. That's usually a bad combination when you have a quarterback who can get out in space. So just keep an eye on that. That's not like I would still be starting Deshaun Watson without a doubt. Got to throw and, uh, yeah. and I don't care if it ends up if Taysom Hill ends up somehow outscoring Deshaun Watson. You take that L and of it course. sucks and yeah. it's going to be what it is. But to me, it's about those two guys in Dallas and can that Dallas offense? Muster enough where each of these guys get a touchdown, or at the very least, can CD Lamb get you enough PPR points and Ezekiel Eli get you a touchdown? If so, I think you got a good shot. And then Godwin's that upside guy. If he's really, for the first time, healthy and these fingers are not so much of an issue for him, then this is a huge matchup for him potentially. I think he's got a great ceiling potentially based on the health. And, and I don't see him kind of getting a goose egg either. It's just how healthy are those fingers? And what is it like when you take pins out of fingers? I don't know. I've never had that happen. I know the guy's been terrific with everything taped up and he's helping me to catch the ball, but is there a tenderness? Is there sensitivities a weakness right. when everything is out of there? That is kind of the question and it's his hands and he's a receiver. And that's something that needs to be concerned about.
2: Right. One of the six teams in the league cut Kirk. So I'm going to try and grab him just to put on the bench and I have a uh, Madison that I could cut because I'm not going to use him. So that's going to be my I, I plan. I would make
3: that move. That would be a smart yeah. move to make. And I know Christian, you know, it's funny. You go back, Christian Kirk had like, I think three straight weeks of 20 points. And then he's basically averaging somewhere around like eight points the last three weeks. So it's really what you've seen Kyla Murray since he took that injury. You've sure. seen that productivity go straight down there for him because Kirk was that other deep threat guy. And his inability to really throw the ball with the same kind of juice that he used to uh, earlier in the year for Kyler Murray, that's taken its toll on Kirk. But still, I think that's a good move to make there. Is there anybody else on the waiver wire, just out of curiosity? Is the guys floating around there? No? The Ty no. Johnsons of the world are gone and all those other guys no. are gone? Okay.
0: No.
2: Yeah. Very good. Okay, so here is here is my opponent. There's one very important thing on this graphic that we'll get to at the end. But first, let me show you the team. So he has Russell Wilson and I have Metcalf. I feel good about that. I, I think that it's more important for me to have Metcalf as an equalizer against Wilson than not, because in all likelihood, if Wilson goes off, it's going to be to Metcalf. So I'm good with that. Clearly, Derrick Henry is a very big key to this one. Tennessee is at Jacksonville. Against also. too. McKissick, too, also, <laughs> McKissick too uh, with the PPR against San Francisco, for sure. Good matchup there. Devonte Adams always a star, so his stars are better than mine, no doubt. Brandon Cooks at Chicago, Eric Ebron uh, at Buffalo, Juju also at Buffalo, Mason Crosby at Detroit, and then the Packers defense here. So his top guys are better than my top guys. The question is, are my middle and bottom better than his? And and because I think he has a better yeah. team than me, but um, well, but what is got, the one thing on this graphic? Got more stars than you he's got more stars oh, than you. And I, I think the connectivity the interesting
3: part here is that, that Russell Wilson, big day is connected to DK Metcalf. So that's a push that equalizes there. Now, unfortunately last year, the second time against Jacksonville, when they faced him in December, Derek Henry had 158 rushing yards, I believe or 156. Sure. Mm-hmm. So that's not good. JD McKissick, has that backfield to himself, that's not good timing. And Devontae Adams has played out of his mind. The good news yeah. is Eric Ebron is become uh Mr. Drops a lot lately. He can't catch a football, anything near him. Brandon Cooks is not 100 percent You know, Juju's been up and down. He's got a really tough matchup here against Buffalo because one thing Buffalo can do is they can cover. Uh so Look, as long as Devonte Adams is held in check, I think you have a good chance because this is a, a game script at least that leans towards Aaron Jones and not Devonte Adams. Now, look, every week is Devonte Adams week, basically. But at the same time, if they get up against Detroit, Detroit's terrible against the run, you would imagine this is a very heavy Aaron Jones game. So at least from a touchdown equity standpoint, that might go to your favor. And the fact that DK and Russell Wilson are connected, it's all about Derrick Henry here. If he has a transcendent game, then you're going to be out in the first round. If he has just an okay game, like a 90 yard game, then I think you move on.
2: The most interesting thing about this matchup that is in my favor, in my opinion, eight players on the road out of the 90 starting. Right. Mm. And to me, if you told me that going in, I got to take it. I got to take that. So that's what I got going for me. More fantasy football discussion coming up next. Is the wrong team favored?
1: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
5: Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mitch, Joe Pizapia here with you. And we're going to hear from Andrew Erickson coming up in just a little bit. Make sure you stay tuned to that coming up in about 15 minutes from now. But first... It's another edition, is the wrong team favored in the NFL? And let's uh, look at a few games. We've got a lot of choices, by the way, this week. A lot of really close lines, a lot of really mm-hmm. tight lines in the NFL. I took my first look at this last night. So, have a little bit of an idea of where we're going here. So, let's get started. And let's start off with the Washington football team taking on the San Francisco 49ers. Now, keep in mind, this game is in Arizona, not San Francisco. And uh, San Francisco is about a field goal favorite, maybe a little bit more. So, Joe, uh, let's start with you here on this one.
3: Well, look, I'm going to put this out there. A couple weeks ago, you know, Nick Mullins looked very worse for wear. That pocket was collapsing real harsh against the uh, Green Bay Packers. Now, all of a sudden, you bring in that Washington front, that ferocious Washington front with Young and Sweat. Uh, I mean, I don't know, man. I'm looking at this, and this is not a home game for the 49ers. As you point out, this is a neutral field site. The Washington football team's coming off a road win in Dallas, a road win against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And yes, maybe they did catch the Pittsburgh Steelers at exactly the right time. And that is fair, but you know what? You can only beat us on the schedule. And I understand why theoretically San Francisco is favored, but I think the wrong team is favored here. I think Washington is not only going to cover this, but I think they're going to win this football game. They're going to put a ton of pressure on San Francisco. And I think what you saw them, their ability to, to pivot this offense, even when Terry McLaurin is held up, which is rare Terry McLaurin hasn't put up a single digit performance in weeks in fantasy. And I mean, weeks you got to go back sometime to find it. And he's only got two all season. So the guy's been phenomenal, but they were able to go after Gibson got hurt to JD McKissick. They were able to go uh, after that injury to Logan Thomas. They were able to make adjustments on offense on the fly. And that was very impressive. Couple that with the way this defense is playing the confidence level. And I know San Francisco's gotten healthier and I have respect for San Francisco still but i'm sorry uh, even with IUK and even and who's played very well recently even with moster who's been back i'm telling you right now this washington team feels like they are are confident right now that they can go in there and basically enforce their will on that defensive front and you know what i'm not going to say that they can't so i actually do think the wrong team is favored and i think washington is an upset this week <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's a weird line. This one in Dallas is actually the two lines. Dallas, Cincinnati are the two lines Mm -hmm. that look strange this week. And that that worries me usually because when I see it, and I agree with you on paper, it's usually wrong. Um, So I'll agree. I think Washington is the better team. They've played better football than San Francisco for sure. Uh, the game is not a home game at all for the 49ers, so why should they even be three-point favorites? They basically are the same team, and I, I'm with you. I think Washington is better. So I'll agree, but I am nervous about the game. I definitely am nervous. I don't think this will be one that, that I'll get in on just because the line is te- is, is trying to tell you everybody's going to take Washington, and it's the wrong pick. So I'll agree. I, I think it should be pick them. Um, If it was in San Francisco, San Francisco should be favored by a point or two, but there's no home field advantage for them. They're probably not a home field advantage for them if they're at home anyway. So So I'll agree on that one. Okay, the next one here is a very interesting one for sure because you have the Atlanta Falcons minus two and a half at the Los Angeles Chargers. And this is one that I am interested in in particular because I do – think the wrong team is favored. Now Mm. this is the problem with betting football and this is why Las Vegas builds the hotels because everyone just looks at last week sees 45 to nothing and thinks the Chargers are done. They stink. They can't win and they forget for the first three months of the football season. They're in every single game. They just lose them at the end. They can even lose this one at the end of this game and still cover what business does Atlanta have being a favorite when they're one game better on the season than the Chargers. I think the wrong team is favored. I would never take the Chargers as a favorite, but as a dog, sign me up, go back and look at the history of the NFL. Take a look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Mm -hmm. from the eighties. They lost 51 to nothing and 41 to nothing and 31 to nothing every week. Who loses 45 to nothing every week in the NFL who loses 31 to nothing every week in the NFL. Don't get it twisted. This is going to be a close game. I think the wrong team is favored in the game.
3: (laughs) Well, just to be clear, this game scares the hell out of me. I would run far, far away from this game because the effort level of the Falcons has been better. They're down running back, so the running back situation is completely fluid right now for this team. They have given a lot better defensive line effort, too. They're getting after the quarterback. They've been a little bit more aggressive. Um, But what scares me the most about this is that I do kind of agree with you that the Chargers will bounce back after that shutout last week. But it's all the same problems cropping up for them. It's their inability to finish and also their their, their shortcomings on special teams. And this doesn't go into enough people's thinking. I think sometimes they think about offense and think about defense, but they, they lost this game last week on special teams alone. They just got obliterated there. Now, what they have going for them is this matchup with Austin Eckler against the Falcons, which uh, once again, those, those running backs who catch the ball in the backfield give them fits. So that's something to keep an eye on. Eckler had a bad game last week, but that was really because they got down and got away from using the running back. So everything that could have gone wrong for the Chargers went wrong. And I expect them to be competitive in this game and have a little bit of respect after getting embarrassed at home. There's no doubt about that. But these are two teams that are such enigmas because you have the Falcons on one hand who give up big plays and allow you to get back into games. And then you have the Chargers who if they have a lead, can't seem to finish. And it is just a stunning situation to me I think the right team is favored, but I could certainly see the Chargers winning this football game. I want no piece of this one, to be honest with you. This is the worst coin flip of the week for me, and I just want to run the way other direction.
2: Yeah, I think it's a really good spot for the Chargers for sure. Uh, and, and by the way, in terms of special teams, you're absolutely right. But let me pose this question to you: What kind of odds mm-hmm. would you put on the Falcons scoring three special teams touchdowns this week against the Chargers?
3: Oh, I would I would put those odds very low. But I, it's about not just two? by scoring. It's not just on touchdowns, but I'll, I'll, I'll take the odds on one. And and here's, here's the point. The point is that it's not just giving up touchdowns. It's giving up field position sometimes. And, and, and some of the special teams play, whether they're, you know, you know, punt returns that are given up too much. You don't have to return for a touchdown. Are you just getting a huge chunk of yardage and shortening the field for Matt Ryan and Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones? And if you are,
2: it's not all those guys. That's the point. It's true. It's it's coup. It's setting up for coup. coup. It's setting up for coup. Getting all the coup. All the coup, my friend. And the line is only two and a half. So again, it's look, I I don't know if this is going to be one of the main games for me, but I definitely think this is a good spot for the Chargers. Again, I would never take them as a favorite. And and last week didn't like them either. But give me some points. I'm I'm willing. Okay, uh, Pittsburgh at Buffalo. The Bills are two and a half point favorites in this one. The world is now against the Steelers, basically. And, um, you know, Buffalo played very well uh, the other night. So uh, is the wrong team favorite in this one, Joe? Minus two and a half, Buffalo.
3: This is whether or not you believe in momentum, right? Because Buffalo has all the momentum right now. They played great. They're coming off a huge victory. Uh, Defense played better than it has all year. Finally, Edmund stepped up. Finally, Hyde stepped up. All the defensive backs, all the linebackers, everybody looked great on defense. And the offense looked really good, too. And Josh Allen looked really confident. This is a dangerous combination. See, the thing is this. How healthy is James Conner? And, you know, James Conner testing positive for COVID, being a cancer survivor and all that stuff, there's a lot of complications in this one for me. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, the, the trend of them dropping passes in big spots or any spot for that matter is a terrible trend. Well, they have like 13 drops in the last two games. That's just unacceptable more than any other team. So, this is really dangerous because there's every belief to think that Pittsburgh comes in here and beats Buffalo and Buffalo becomes the same Buffalo Bills that we've seen all year, which, you know, can look good one week and then terrible the next and look like a team that's going to be out in the first round of the playoffs again. But if last week was that turning point, then all of a sudden, this is a statement game potentially for the Buffalo Bills. In a lot of ways, this is a more important game for the Bills than it is for the Steelers. I think the Steelers could lose this game, still go out there and play well in the playoffs. But what the Steelers have to do is get back to the run. And I just don't know if they're ready to do that physically yet. I think they're going to conceptually. I just don't know if the roster is healthy enough the way they want it to be to do that. They've also lost Devin Bush. They've also lost Bud Dupree. That's some big losses there when you're trying to stop this Bills offense right now. I think the right team is favored, but it would not shock me at all to see the Steelers win this game. And this is another game that I would stay away from wagering-wise. I don't not like it at all. I think you could definitely flip a coin on this one. It's going to be a great Sunday night football game to watch, though. But I think Buffalo has all the momentum right now.
2: Yeah, right team is favored here. But you got to make Buffalo a favorite. They're at home, even though it's not three. You could see Pittsburgh winning for sure. You could see Buffalo winning for sure. I don't have a strong opinion here, but I, the right team is definitely favorite. If anything, maybe I would I would lean Pittsburgh a little bit to bounce back, but their second halves have been so bizarre. That's 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 the hard part for me. They're playing great in the first half, though. All it right, finally, believe, let's take a look at one game where the spread hard. is just a, a, a monster. Um, mm-hmm. Is the line too big? Sunday, 4.05 Eastern, Jets at Seahawks. Seattle is laying 13.5 points in this one so seattle was minus 10 and a half against the giants 13 and a half joe against the jets
3: yeah uh, look i would say normally yes the line is too big except for the fact that seattle got embarrassed last week by the giants so i I think it's very important for seattle to turn that around this week so i actually think they are going to win this game by more than two touchdowns this this has like a 30 (laughs) to 13 kind of a feel to it at least for me so I don't think it's too big, but I understand the the danger of a line this big. And, and the Jets have covered more than once this year
2: on this kind of a big line.
3: So what do you think about this one, Craig?
2: Yeah, I think the line is right. And, and I could see the Jets backdooring at the end of a game. I, I think Seattle will win, but I, I can't say that they would cover this. And in general, I never... Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking of all of the picks that we've had this year in the Super Contest. I don't think we've ever laid more than seven in any game this year. So certainly not going to do that at 13 and a half. But I, I do think that the line is fair, and I don't think that the line is too big. Seattle should bounce back after that performance last week against the mm-hmm. Giants. And the Jets have to be completely deflated. And this is not the head. If, if Gase was fired, by the way, I would take the Jets this week. <laughs> but he was not. The defensive <laughs> coordinator is not enough me to do that. Andrew Erickson joins us next. What's up with Josh Allen? What will he be this week against Pittsburgh? We'll tell you next.
1: SportsGrid.com Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com
3: welcome back everybody fantasy sports today and it's thursday and that means time for a little past present and future with our good buddy andrew erickson from pro football focus hopefully andrew you've got a lot of teams still alive and are in the playoffs i am unfortunately out of the most important league all the other leagues are secondary compared to the one that i get a belt for and i can't defend my championship this year too many injuries but i I tried i lost in a tiebreaker Sour grapes, Andrew. That's all I've got to give everybody today. Sour grapes this week. But hopefully we can give some folks some knowledge. So let's go backwards a second and let's go in the past and let's talk about this past week, which is Josh Allen and the game that he had, obviously, on Monday night. And this was, uh, look, I, I think when you when you look at um, where Josh Allen has gotten to, it's funny, I actually went back in the 2018 Fantasy Black Book to read what I wrote about Josh Allen. And it makes me look pretty smart which is basically I'm a big Josh Allen mark. And I think this guy could be the best quarterback of this entire class. And I don't think that's a hot take and a crazy thing because he seemed to have that ability to grow. He seemed to have that ability where he was so much raw talent. If he could just be surrounded with the proper weapons and part of it was being surrounded, not just by Diggs but also last year, Cole Beasley. Let's talk about what they've surrounded him with, because it seems like even despite the shortcomings of the run game, Josh Allen's been able to get the most out of this offense.
4: Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. Stephon Diggs has been the perfect complement to his Mm -hmm. deep ball. And you have Cole Beasley, who's a reliable slot receiver. The biggest thing was getting guys. I remember talking about this heading into the season. Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley, and John Brown all ranked in the top 10 in terms of separation. That's what they did. Instead of doing the thing where, oh, let's bring in Kelvin Benjamin. And, you know, he can, you know, the the initial thought was, oh, well, Josh Allen, he's like, he's got a wild arm. Like, we got to. Get a bunch of like slow guys that can, you know, win contested catches. But we're seeing that these contested catch receivers are just disappearing. You know, if you're a contested catch receiver, you might as well just switch to tight end at this point (laughs) because, you know, those those guys are not helping these quarterbacks. You know, the Alshon Jeffries of the world does. It's becoming an extinct species of wide receiver, whereas if you can get open. Like you're going to be on the field and you're going to help your quarterback, and that's exactly what the Bills have put around Josh Allen. And I think too, you, know, you look at the running quarterbacks. You know, Josh Allen is the probably one of the more effective running quarterbacks. He's not dealing with any type of injury, like we we're seeing with Kyler Murray. But, you know, Josh Allen is a. Bigger running running back, I guess is the best way to put it, mm-hmm. like Cam Newton. And we've seen Cam Newton obviously be a really efficient runner for a long period of time. And that's probably why Josh Allen has the most longevity when it comes to running the football. And again, that's the cheat code in fantasy football. So you combine that with his affinity to throw the ball downfield, that's fantasy points galore. Yeah. And I think that position
3: uh, possession, excuse me, wide receiver for Cole Beasley that addition last year was just highly underrated. And I think maybe Cole Beasley's underrated too. Maybe it's time that people start giving him a little bit more respect. I mean, last year he was serviceable, you know, as a flex guy in PPR all year. And this year, when John Brown's been out, this guy stepped up and had monster games and I think he deserves a little bit more credit than he gets, not just in the fantasy community, but maybe in the football community at large. And another guy who's starting to earn some respect is cam Akers. This is now three. We get here every week. Andrew, and we talk about this. We're like, okay, is cam Akers going to happen? And then a few weeks ago it did. And we said, okay, can we get two in a row now? It's three in a row. So are we believing in this? And are we believing in the Rams right now? You know, the up and down Rams, the Rams that drive me crazy. And I know you're a Pats fan like me. So tonight is my nightmare. That's it. I mean, the Rams, the <laughs> team that I cannot figure out against the Patriots, a team that I desperately want to keep losing so I can get a better draft pick next year. I don't know. I'm so perplexed by this game, but take us through it because it certainly seems like Cam Akers is really doing a lot for his fantasy value, not just in keeper and dynasty leagues, but also 2021 redraft stock, which seems to be on the rise every passing week.
4: Yeah, I had to start Cam Akers in a league last week. I actually had him and Daryl Henderson. I started both of them, so I, I hedged a little bit, but it ended up working because they I scored did. <laughs> over 15 fantasy points. So I'll take it, but I mean, I can't see how you don't go into this week with Cam Akers as your number one ranked Rams running back. Again, we understand Daryl Henderson missed the second quarter of their last game, and Akers saw 11 carries in that quarter, so again, that's why he got up to 21 carries, don't anticipate him getting 20 plus carries in this matchup against the Patriots. But I do expect him to be in that 10 to 12 touch range. And that might be enough against the Patriots run defense that has really struggled against particular run schemes this season, specifically looking at outside zone, which the Rams run more than any other team. And the Patriots have faced outside zone the second most of any team. So you're seeing and it's a. a The 49ers run a lot of outside zone and we saw Jeff Wilson. Oh, three touchdowns, 115 yards against the Patriots. So I think Cam Akers is in for a really productive outing because I think the Rams are going to have to run the football. I don't think passing with Goff makes a lot of sense. The Patriots are kind of coming into their own. Stephon Gilmore is playing better. Their secondary is playing a lot better. I think they're going to run the football effectively against the Patriots.
3: All right, let's uh, get to the Patriots a little more. Talk about Cam Newton, who happens to have almost the same amount of fantasy points this year as Lamar Jackson. Now, I don't know who that's more of an indictment of. I really don't, because it's been a down year for Lamar. I understand he had a good night rushing on Tuesday, and I understand that Cam Newton's winning football games. But, you know, both of these guys are grading out right now as quarterback twos. And this is a problem for me because I'm looking at this, Andrew, and I'm thinking to myself, all right, Cam Newton, you know, how many games can you win when you are not throwing for a hundred yards, even in a game? And then Lamar Jackson's at a point where I understand, like he should be running all over the place because he doesn't have enough weapons. Where's Lamar Jackson's Cole Beasley? Where's his Stefan Diggs? Because if anybody needs an Allen Robinson this off season or some kind of wide receiver like that, it's Lamar Jackson. What's going on with these two quarterbacks and not just their fantasy value the rest of the year, but also next year? Because I can't imagine Cam being the guy there next year, even if they do make the playoffs. And Lamar's stock is going to be fascinating because this was a guy at the very top of the board, a guy who is arguably a number one overall pick in Superflex, right? And now he's grading out as a QB too. So where does the rubber meet the road in 2021
4: for Lamar Jackson
3: and for Cam Newton?
4: I just think we have to evaluate the fact that rushing statistics for quarterbacks are really hard to project and to predict Mm -hmm. over and over again. That's why for me, you know, going into the season again, Mahomes and Lamar Jackson were one and two, but for me, it was Mahomes number one easily because I'm like, it's not hard to see Mahomes just throwing for 40 touchdowns every single year, but it's hard for me to imagine, Oh, Lamar Jackson is going to rush for a thousand yards every single season. Like that's like never happened ever. You know, we mm-hmm. saw it again. People tried to compare it to like a Michael Vick season and look, Michael Vick fell off significantly. You know, we just don't see quarterbacks run all like this all the time. Whereas yeah, everyone passes efficiently. That's so something that is more sustainable year over year. So that's, I think really important to manage and look at Cam Newton. Again, the dude is going off the charts in terms of rushing touchdowns. He's on pace to break his own record of rushing touchdowns by a quarterback. And that's how all of his fantasy value is tied. You know, we saw two weeks ago when, or one, uh, Couple weeks ago, when James White scored the two rushing touchdowns or the two touchdowns near the goal line, Cam Newton scored like five fantasy points because he's not scoring any touchdowns. So, again, I mean, he's the goal line back for them, so it makes sense. But I think right now, you're talking about a guy like Damien Harris. I think Damien Harris is like a super buy low target because if Cam Newton's gone, his offense he's been so good as a running back. It's just been the touchdowns that have been holding him back, and there's a clear reason why in Cam Newton. Yeah. Well, look, they've given him some chances at
3: the goal line and he hasn't looked great down there, Harris, but I, I agree with you. It's was like, how are you going to get better if you don't keep giving a guy shots here He's a young player? Uh, and I think he has a little chicken in the egg there. Uh, speaking of running backs, by the way, certainly the Steelers coming off their loss and certainly the bucks coming off a bye and a loss to the chiefs. They desperately need to get something out of the running game. And at this point in time, you know, with James Connor having the COVID tests and obviously Ronald Jones being a guy where you hear Bruce Arians say, He's going to get 20 carries and I've heard this before and I keep talking about it and we're like broken records. It's week 14 and here we are getting to talking about the stupid bucks and the stupid running situation. But Andrew, I mean, right now, if you're in the fantasy playoffs and you've got Connor and you've got Ronald Jones on your team, forget Fournette. I don't even want to talk about Fournette, but just say Ronald Jones and James Connor. Which one of these two guys do you feel good about? Because I feel like You've got to imagine these teams have to recognize they have to get to back to a more balanced offense at some point. Can you start
4: either of these two guys in the fantasy playoffs this week? Yes. So I think that you can start Ronald Jones. That's who I would lean okay. on, because even with the talk between uh, Bruce Arians about 20 touches and whatever, like we still seen Ronald Jones put up solid numbers th- through stretches throughout the season like he's yeah. had a lot of good games he's had a couple blow up spots and more often than not he's in he the is... top 10 in rushing yeah yeah, can yeah. still so, believe it <laughs> so, so, so more often than not he is the lead back and they have a really soft schedule for the rest of the season Tampa Bay is favored in basically all their remaining games so you're gonna have to imagine that they will run the ball at least to some extent but the problem with the Steelers is they can't run block they have they just can't create any holes for guys that don't have any explosiveness. Penny Snell, I started him in a league, and I am just, like, look, staring at my screen trying to update. It's like, why is this guy scoring zero fantasy points? Because he can't make anyone
3: miss. I'll tell you, miss. two words, empty backfield. That's why. Because yeah, the Steelers it, run more empty backfield sets than I've seen in this day and age in a very long time. Like, it just doesn't happen.
4: They can't create separation, you know, through the line. I mean, the line can pass block decently, but they can't run block, and James Conner's not, explosive enough to make up for those types of that blocking that poor blocking up front. And I'm really concerned about him again. He's a cancer survivor. COVID has hit certain right. players differently in all sorts of capacities. And I just can't imagine we come back and see Con- the last thing I imagine is Connor comes back all juiced up and re- like replenished. I, I think we're going to see him kind of be, you know, a slog like the other Steelers running backs have been so far the season. So Connor, I'm not looking forward to starting, but Ronald Jones, I do like a lot more.
3: All right, let's do a little bit more future here. We just did some past and present. So let's talk about the Washington football team, because without Gibson, McKissick really did step in there into that void. Logan Thomas had a good couple of games. Look, McLaurin's had his first single digit week since week five, I think, or something insane like that. The guy's been absolutely brilliant all year. Is all of a sudden the Washington offense one of the sneaky good ones to have
4: in fantasy? I don't know if I would say it's sneaky good to have in fan. I mean, it's just it's simple to dissect which I think is helpful because there aren't a surplus of weapons. Like, we're not trying to figure out, oh, like, Cam Sims. Like, like, <laughs> like, like we're not trying to – we know who's right. going to get the targets. We know it's Terry McLaurin. We know it was Antonio Gibson. And Logan Thomas has obviously been a, a tight end that you can stream at time to time. But, look, I mean, the way that works with Gibson and McKissick is if they're losing games, McKissick gets 10 targets. Like, that's okay. like, like a, a guarantee. But in games that they're winning, again, when they played the Dallas Cowboys and the New York Giants and teams that they've been able to beat – the Antonio Gibson gets more work. So a negative game script, then you want to go with McKissick. But other than that, I mean, Alex Smith, again, I mean, he almost passed for 300 yards, but you're never going to, I'm not going to feel great about starting Alex Smith in fantasy.
3: No, I can understand that. All right. Speaking of starting quarterbacks, Jalen Hurts takes over for the Eagles. What does this mean? Not only for Hurts, but the Eagles offense right now, if you had to kind of venture a guess, what do they look like? Do they look better? Is there a better even in the possible realm for the Philadelphia Eagles at this point?
4: I think the only thing is you might get more fantasy points from just like Jalen Hurts himself, and that might be it. You know, he could potentially be a league winning quarterback option. You look at the next two matchups he faced, the Cardinals and the Dallas Cowboys. Again, two really favorable matchups for quarterbacks. Not looking to stream Jalen Hurts against the New Orleans Saints, but if you want to pick him up, stash him on the bench, and, you know, hey, your starting quarterback gets COVID, you have a good alternative, a guy who can run and make plays with his legs. But I think this just this matchup for miles Sanders is just absolutely atrocious. I can't think of any reason to play him. You got, you know, the committee three man committee. Now we've seen running backs lose out on target share when they have mobile quarterbacks. So that's out the window and they have basically the worst matchup for running backs. So, you can't start miles Sanders this week. I, I can't think of any reason why you could start him. You, you just can't. Uh,
3: and, and it is so
4: puzzling because last
3: year, I think Peterson kind of lulled us all into a false sense of security where Sanders all of a sudden was getting, you know, 20 touches and all of a sudden the Eagles were getting into the playoffs. What happened? Why did they get away from this? I understand he was hurt for a couple of weeks, but Andrew, I don't understand. I mean, the guy has 10 touches last week, 10. When you have offensive line worries. Don't you have to run the football?
4: I mean, that's what it seems like would make the most sense. But again, we can't always expect rational coaching. And it seems like Doug Peterson is kind of like emerging as a fake sharp. You know, you beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl and then immediately Mm -hmm. you are put on this pedestal where I'm untouchable. But then it's like, oh, wait, maybe that was just it. Maybe they just won that game. Maybe it's because the Patriots defense just was terrible in that that
3: game. (laughs) Starting to look more (laughs) and more like that. But I can tell you, I mean, you know, it's very frustrating for anybody who's got Miles Sanders in the keeper league right now. Oh, I hate saying you know sell low, but I don't know what's in store for him next year, especially if Hurst is the guy, or even if Wentz comes back. Is a lot of issues there, but we have a question, not an issue, for Andrew. when We come back, so stick around for fantasy trivia right here on Sports Grid Fantasy Sports. Today, we'll be right back after this.
1: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
3: All right. Welcome back, everybody. Fantasy Sports Today right here on SportsGrid. Joe Zapia with you. With, of course, Andrew Erickson from Pro Football Focus. You can follow Andrew on Twitter at Andrew Erickson underscore. Why is there an underscore? I don't know. Maybe there should be like an emoji or something else. I think it's time to get rid of the underscore. Maybe New Year's resolution, Andrew. What do you think? Something else besides the underscore? Maybe a football. A little something. Maybe that that would be cute. Something like that.
4: No, the underscore is part of the brand. So got to keep it. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. The underscore is
3: part of the brand. Let's see if we can underscore his knowledge about IDP for a moment oh and let's oh yeah that's right because <laughs> i play in idp leagues and i expect you to at some point you're an expert you're smart guys so let's ask the question which idp stud is leading the nfl in tackles this fantasy season you want to venture a guest my friend or do you need a hint
4: i i think i got i think i got an idea okay. i will go with blake martinez that is a very good guess
3: it's also very wrong. It is not Blake Martinez. It is Roquan Smith of uh, the Chicago man. bears, but a good guess. Nonetheless, uh, I can tell you what you've won, which is nothing but my respect, <laughs> which is a lot at this point. And everybody, honestly, you should follow him at the underscore. We're just going to call him at the underscore now, but it's because it's because it. every week, every day, Andrew Erickson keeps tweeting out fantastic stats, fantastic little nuggets for you of knowledge. And what do you got going on at pro football focus this week, my friend?
4: Yeah, I got the start sit coming out, telling people to stay as far away as possible from miles Sanders this week (laughs) and to stay away from Kirk cousins. Again, the guy's been hot, but I'm afraid of Tampa Bay on the road. Don't like it. It's he's due for a bust game. So getting off Kirk cousins. All right. Give
3: me your prediction for tonight's game. Our Pat's, Against the Rams, come on, tell me something good. What, Rams, I don't even know Rams, what good is Rams
4: Rams like. Rams win Pats cover Rams
3: win Pats cover. okay. there you go. Uh,
4: this is frustrating, though, because I mean, you, you have a forty
3: five nothing romp last week. You know, of all the things that happened last week, that to me was more stunning. It was more stunning than than Seattle losing to the Giants. Like the Giants go out there and compete. If you ask me what was the strangest thing from last week, it was that forty five nothing shutting out. The Chargers on the road. Now they're just staying in L.A. I don't know, man. I I hope you're right because you you and I see the bigger picture here. We're rooting for we're rooting for draft
4: picks. We're rooting for a new quarterback. I don't don't really know what I'm rooting for. I'm just kind of like there for the ride. I'm like, if they win, I'm happy. But like, I don't really know because it's going to be a middling pick regardless. And it's not like they draft good guys in the first round anyway. So
3: no, this is true. This is true. (laughs) And you know what? That's something they got to get better at. But luckily, we got Andrew. Maybe they should hire you. They'll get much better at it. So we're going to in a break. Hour one is in the books. Hour two, just around the corner. So stick around more fantasy sports today with Joe P and Craig Mish right after this on sports grid.